Hello and welcome to the Decibel Beast Podcast, the official music podcast of the website Surreal Resolution. I'm your host, Robert, and... <laughs> oh, God. Joe Dio Joe Star. <laughs> That's fucking great, man. And with me, I have... I have three weeks of paid time off I have to figure out how to use. Fun. And... Hello, I'm the hero's father. I am sorry for the trouble my stupid son has caused. I'm going to jury to beat up my son, who has abandoned his child with Beyonce, and is doing whatever he wants out there. Even the apocalypse is now, it's already too late. Mark, for the love of God, keep it to 20 words or less. Did Saitama teach you nothing? Let's <laughs> find the name of a light novel and, and the point. Okay, re- okay, recently, I mean, like, very, very recently, somebody posted this pic on Twitter. Does not say us read the fucking title? Uh, I thought I thought you were quoting the start of B movie for a moment. <laughs> According to all those laws of aviation, or something. I don't fucking. I'm like yeah, I'm like yeah. I I I I I had to read this. Otherwise, I got nothing to nothing to say this for for this week. Yes, it's an intro full of absurdly long anime and manga titles. And also ridiculous. D- does a Rocky know? Does a Rocky know the implications of that name in other languages? Because uh, me knowing just enough Spanish to know <laughs> what uh, that word means. Mm. But uh, on a side note, I'm amazed it took nine parts to finally get a stand called the Hustle. Anyway. Uh, here we are, episode 298. Uh, how's everyone's week been going? Nothing to report. It was just a normal week, and thanks to some shufflings around at uh, the 9 to 5 with different companies coming in to rearrange some things, I have 15 and a half days of paid time off I have to figure out how to use. Oh, oh, oh wow. Damn. That's what happens when you don't take any days off. It just keeps building and building and building and building and building. And now, now I have effectively three weeks' works worth of paid vacation that I can use whenever I get the urge to, which I probably should do because I'm getting tired of people. I don't know if it's just me, but ever since the start of the new year, people have gotten a lot dumber. All across the board, people have gotten so much dumber. Oh, man, I'll drink to that. Uh, it, it it has not been a uh, kind. I'll just say that because, ugh, I just I'm just so tired of people. I want to break from people. I need to figure out a way to get away from people. My two days off a week just don't cut it. I need I don't know either a trip to the beach or a trip to the mountains, just somewhere that's not here. Hmm. These are important things that must be answered. Anyway, uh, Mark, what about you? Not much to report, and all I gotta say is I'm I'm I'm, I'm tired. Of, I'm tired. Last week got me totally tired. I thought I one day off this week, and that was yesterday. Hopefully, hopefully for this week it'll be better, considering I do have the weekend off again. And thankfully, and thankfully, my intact, my damn it, income tax might come is is come this week, so I. I'm happy for that shit, so yay, I get I get some cash, even though it's not as much as last year or the year before, but 
Fuck it, I'll take it. Fuck it, I'll take it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, one more thing. Yeah, um, watch the Grand Season 5, the final season. If, if, if it's that, I mean, I'm going to say, I mean, all right, it, 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 it went up pretty well. I'll say, I mean, I'll say that. Make sure this is the, this, 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 this the final season. Like, that's it. That Like, that's, that's finito. The, the endo. Uh, we shall so see. Good. Anyway, uh, as for me, well, uh, I finally was able to get my, uh, you know, tax stuff done. So now just sitting around waiting for the money to deposit in the next few weeks. Uh, not much else to add. I mean, I did finally play a Katamari Damacy re-roll on Switch. First time playing Katamari Damacy. There's a lot of balls in that game. <laughs> balls. The music slaps, though. Also, as you can imagine, I've been screaming my head off about all things JoJo-related because um, we are finally in a post-JoJo land society. I just have this funny image in my head of a Rocky spending a lot of time on TikTok, and that's the only reason he knows who Dua Lipa is. <laughs> well, you gotta get those musical influences one way or another, right? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's pretty much about it. So now we're gonna jump right into the uh, usual business, starting, of course, with the new song discussions for the past week. As always, we'll have a playlist down in the description so you can follow along with us. Put some new songs in your playlist and mark your calendars for any new albums you might want to hear. And, of course, starting right up at the top, uh... According to the uh, giant wall of clocks behind my computer monitor, documenting all the various times, it is uh, Alchemist O'Clock yet again. Oh, we ain't had that in a while. Which, which, which I'm glad I'm calling it this. Like as soon as I, as soon as I heard something about this, like yeah, I gotta call it this. So, um, turns out who I was gonna team up with this time is uh, right that I had to before on the album roundup, Larry June. Previously, I talked about one of his albums from last year, that being Spaceships on the Blade, which is, I still think it's a cool title. It is. And, yeah, and and apparently, from what I heard, from what I looked, from what I heard, it might be an album coming out from him soon. I mean, before we, go, before we got, it might be called The Great Escape, but the single is called 60 Days. And, I gotta say, it's well, it's basically what you must have played. It has, it has like gore, like like a very gorgeous instrumental. It has, it has like a string section, a spacey choir, a soul guitar, a soul guitar lick. Which okay, that, that sounds nice, very very nice, very very nice. And as for as for rapping, like I get Larry June's, like he, but has some half song bars on there, which is pretty fine. I like Larry June some, you know, rapping here. But here's the thing. About the about this thing so special, the alchemist actually raps on this. Oh, yes, yes, the alchemist himself actually rap on this. This few bars that he got, where he goes, <clears throat> let a coach jug in the dirt. I got buff, I got buff from watching the work. I'm on the table having dessert, three piece suit with a neck and in the shirt. Like basically, basically, I'm about macaroni. I mean, know how to catch and spot the phone. No, no. Know how to spot and catch the phony, which he got a good flow. With, with, he, he, he had a good flow working from like I kind of right and I mean I mean great I mean great I mean great like his voice is kind of like what I do respect for what you hear from most you know for most East Coast rappers despite the fact he's from you know L A. But yeah, but yeah, I kind of yeah I'm digging the I'm digging the song a lot. Like 
I spotted like during Friday. I'm like, this song, this song, this is one of the songs where I listen to. I went on repeat, repeat, repeat. Yeah, I went back to multiple listens. This is one of those songs that as I said, I went back to multiple listens. It just sounds that good. And it makes me wonder what's going to be on this project, which, okay. If it sounds so, something like this, I really, I really like it. And I was on the video. There's a lot of drone shots. Like, you can tell, like, they use drones for, like, they feel, like, 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 in the video, like, they, they got this, right, like, like, this gorgeous house in the middle of the desert or some shit. And you got, and then just spinning around, sort of the car, all that shit. That, that, it's the luxurious shit that's, that, that's, that, that fits right well in this, which, yeah. Yeah, you can do some cool things with drone cinematography. Certainly a better choice for music video than certain other choices we might have to talk about later down the line. But uh, anyway, yeah. moving on to the next track here. Looks like we got another Lucy here from Mr. IDK, it seems. Uh, yes, yeah, a song name is called Radioactive. Wow, that's the first time I used that title in a long while. And the thing about it is, this is very, this is, okay, a different term. This is more like, more like, like, Fusing trap and dance, like trap and dance. I want to say more of a trap and drum and bass type of shit. At least that's what I'm getting from it, or at least I, I like the way the way the way the way I get from it. The way I get from it is like okay, it's it's it's, it's take on Baltimore dance club vibes and well, they shot the video in in London, which I'm guessing he's from, which I'm guessing he's from, because because either either I'm slow on this or I just don't know that much about IDK. I forgot I I, I forgot he was British. Okay. He was British American, apparently. That's what it says on this hot new hip hop piece. But yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Basically, basically, it's very, it's very like you know, you know, very, you know, the very energetic. Got the whole got got this just saying you know, real act like this just chanting the song title over again. It's like, all right, this is it's got a very good fucking vibe to it. Like I'm like okay, he's. Going some, he's, he's he's going something to, to another direction, which I kind of dig. Yeah, it's kind of a nice mix of both sides of the IDK sound. You have like that sort of low key moodiness from the beat, while also having some nice energy and forcefulness to his flow. Good stuff. And uh, moving on to the next track here, it looks like we have another uh, one coming from the collaboration efforts of a uh, Black Thought and L. Mitchell's, Mikkel's, Michael's, something affair. I still haven't figured it out how you pronounce that. I don't think neither of us have. But yeah, me, but yeah, me, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, as you heard, like they got the album come out, uh, Glorious Gate coming out, uh, let me see, April 14th. April 14th. And they got, and they got, and they got a new single called That Girl. Which is only fitting because it was released on Valentine's Day. How romantic! Uh, yeah, which 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 is because they got the 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 a short like a short track got this very like you know bass heavy groove type of shit going on with it with Black Thought you know going on about you know the the woman in his life and you know what you know what you know what you know what that's all that's all good and all that I can short to the point and all right and he and he. And it's going in there about this girl, which, alright, which, alright, well, I'm guessing it's woman or wife, I'm guessing it's like, I don't know, but he, uh, anyway, anyway, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, this has to be a good track, like, I'm, I'm gonna dig in this. Sounds pretty damn good. Now, uh, moving on to the next track here, 
once again, it is time for 100,000, 10,000 trillion million Gex Night. Last time we heard from them, uh, I believe it was the song Doritos and Fritos, which, uh, as a brief tangent, someone somewhere on the internet said that, uh, the opening theme for Chainsaw Man sounded like a 100 Gex song, and my life has not known peace since that day, because they're not <laughs> technically wrong. <laughs> they're not, and I hate it. Well, who am okay, I kidding? I now, love everything about Chainsaw Man and 100 Gex. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I forget about it? Yeah, that's like something you would expect for, my, for me for them to make, like, yeah, like, yeah, 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 not forget about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like 100 that. Gex, you know what you gotta do. <laughs> You gotta start leaning into that chainsaw life. But anyway, um, we now have word that uh, March 17th we'll see the release of uh, the band's next album, 10,000 Gex. And we have the newest single here, Hollywood Baby, which I can only really describe as like... It's like if Death Grips remixed Blink-182 and or Weezer. The song has a pretty sort of... (laughs) relatively relaxed tempo throughout but it still has a lot of that hyper saturated like hyper pop pop punk jam distorted with all kinds of electronic bs combined with of course plenty of nonsense lyrics about just whatever comes to mind at the moment and a music video that has a whole lot of lying fireworks indoors it is everything you want out of 100 trillion quadfillion 22 gex <laughs> uh, well, I didn't know what pop rocks and fun dip as music would sound like, but now I do. And why does the guy sound like he's taking the flow from the Dick Figures bath rhyme song? Wait, I, wait! I thought that was uh, Laura singing. No, it was in, in the chorus with with what? What? Whoever it was, it sounded like. That song from the Dick Figures Mondo Media animated YouTube thing. That's a super deep, deep cut, kids. We're talking like 2013, 2014 YouTube. So deep that I, uh, I I will confess, I will put my cards on the table. I never watched Dick Figures. I did, and I only sort of regret it. (laughs) Uh, We all have things in our history we would like to forget. Anyway. Uh, moving on to the next track here. So, um, a while back, we had word that the guys in uh, Cattle Decapitation would be unleashing a new album May 12th, fittingly titled Terrasite. You know, because we gotta be all evil and brutal and shit. But, of course, I'm completely into that shit, so I don't really mind. And so we have the new single from the band and the lead-off single from the album, again, fittingly titled We Eat Our Young. But it is kind of interesting. I mean, when you hit play, it kind of starts off as, like, this very delicate, nuanced power ballad. Oh, come on, I can't even fucking pretend for this bit. It's cattle decapitation. What did you think it was going to sound like? The guitars have tons of chug, eerie chord progressions, rapid-fire tremolos like machine gun fire, and chugging riffs when necessary. The drums are like Danny DeVito and Always Sunny, because that's when I started blasting without a moment's rest. And the vocals are all kinds of just mangled and gnarly and horrific. You're either with it or you're not, and I am as always. Well, on the other side of the coin of my analogy from before, 
this is what grain alcohol and unfiltered cigarettes this music would sound like. Very heavy, very abrasive. It'll leave your throat uh, very dry and scratchy. It bums me out in this case because I didn't really care for it. This is just baseline tech death machine gun blast stuff, and that just doesn't do a whole lot for me. I wanted to like this. It kind of gave me the Lord of Shore effect of me drifting off to sleep. I'm sorry. I'm a little weird like that. We're all weird in our own ways. Yeah. It's a good thing that the next song here is what I would describe as a strawberry daiquiri with a splash of grenadine. You know, that actually sounds pretty tasty. I'm going to have to make a note of that. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. That sounds pretty good, to be honest. But anyway, yes. uh, Next on the list, it appears we have a one-off. At least I think. I mean, it's been a while since we've had an album from them, I think. Uh, Anyway, it's Janelle Monet. Yes, I mean, yes, you can see they, I mean, they they've been busy the last few years. Like after recent their, their, their computer, they have well, well, well most girls seen glass on it by now, right? Yep. And so and so and and so and so and so and so, and so, 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 so them also as a quote as a, as a quote them, them being you know a free ass motherfucker message right here. Of course, look at those single which is called um. Float, which is somebody, which is featuring Afrobeat artists Soon Kilty and Egypt Eighty. I hope I said that right. And okay, and okay, and about the song, the song, the the, 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 the song, the song me is basically, well, Jeanette will be, will you know, find a confidence and letting go of self doubt, which got this, you know, this very, you know, you know this very, uh, you know, very, uh, you know, upbeat Afrobeat. Sound which all right, which of course I'm guessing that's crazy got the features, or or I guess they they're more on the production side. Which okay, and and they and they and again, it's like flow, 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 flow. I don't dance. I just float, float. Yeah, basically that. Like I'm out to feather, out to feather. I lose all of my resume and not and not find reason to toast. She's doing that thing in a circle, making it viral. I might just lope. Take this little mama. You like Shabari? Watch while I show you the ropes. He's the way niggas get to me. I used to be my own enemy, but now I've done some epiphanies or some reps at Tiffany's. I had to give up my frenemies. They are not who they pretend to be. I have to take my energy. I feel lighter. Now I will float. Well, okay, man. They, okay. okay. She's actually full of this shit. They actually full. Sorry, they. Or I think, well, hold on. I think they go. I think they. I think they use she coins as well, but I look, 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 I'm, look I don't want to screw the mice pronouns. All right. Just. Anyway, moving on to the next track here. So, in about a few weeks or so, we will, uh, we're gonna have the release of the newest album from Periphery, titled Periphery 5, Gents is Not a Genre. And we have the third and last single that we're going to be getting, at least according to Misha Mansour in the comments section of the video, uh, for the song Atropos, which comes courtesy of... An AI-generated music video. Uh, okay, look, 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 everyone. We know that, that this is the cool, trendy thing to do right now, and yeah, there's an underlying theme in it here with how batfuck weird modern society has become, but, but we have to be honest with ourselves here. AI animation looks like shit. And at least for me, it's very disorienting on the eyes to watch with how it glitches out every second. Think about it. You could have hired, like, an actual animation team 
to put together something that actually was cool and memorable and actually had like a style to it. And instead, what we get is just so much visual noise. Just just a visual cacophony of utter nonsense images that fails to mean anything in any context. And like, if I wanted to be barraged with visual noise that meant nothing, I would just read Nisio Eason's Cypher Academy. Which I don't feel like doing because that shit is so obnoxious, the translator straight gave up. <laughs> Damn. Uh, uh, we, we might we might talk about that later on another program. Just keep that in mind. But uh, uh, yeah, the point of the matter is AI rotoscoping animation. Yeah, it's a trend. It's a bad trend. Stop it, guys. You too, Mike Shinoda. You're not getting off the hook for this. You know what? I bet this was Matt Halpern's idea. I know he invests in NFTs. Uh. Well, um, on the on the positive side of things, it's a very good song. It's eight and a half minutes of genty groove with some soaring vocal melodies and some nice uh, pop esque, if I may turn a phrase, guitar leads. Until you get to those gnarly breakdowns or towards the back half, and it gets nice and down in the dirt heavy. <sighs> if only we had a better video for this. It deserves a better video. Yeah, like, it's a pretty good song and all. Has, uh, this really nice sort of chugging syncopated riff that a lot of it's built around. Lots of, uh, you know, guitar sweeps, some thrashier metalcore bits. All the stuff you would want out of a quintessential preferred jam. But, like, you know, why can't the bands doing the AI shit be the ones that we don't give a shit about? Like, like... Let it be like fucking Attila that makes AI generated crap. Or Tala. Or fucking whatever Ronnie Radke's doing. Can't can it be a band that sucks? Why does it have to be a band yeah. that generally slaps? Can they afford it though? Oh, that's the great thing. You don't have to. You can probably just pirate that shit from somewhere. Just. Mm. Anyway, uh, moving on to the last track here. So, um, the band Sleep Token has, of course, been, uh, making waves after they've dropped, uh, like, four singles just within the first month and a half of the new year alone, and we finally have a date announced, uh, for their upcoming newest album, Take Me Back to Eden, supposedly the third of a planned trilogy, uh, started by their previous two albums. It is coming out May 19th. And apparently they've been releasing the singles in order of album track list, at least according to uh, the listing I saw, you know, for the album yeah. on Apple Music. That That is correct. We now have the first five tracks of, I believe, 12 of this album already out, which I'm conflicted on. The songs are good, but I don't like having that much of the album available now and having to wait three months for the rest of it to come out. It's just a little yeah. annoying. Yeah, that's like a Nickelback move or something. But anyway, yeah, we're now up to single number five. The track is called Vor. And I want to point out that in the tweet announcing the single, it does in fact use the words consume Vor, which, uh, phrasing. <laughs> I spent enough time in uh, certain circles of the internet to know the implications. But anyway, uh, this song in particular, it's, 
damn near full-on heavy throughout its entire run. In fact, if you need a specific point of comparison, I honestly spent a lot of time thinking about, like, the Rolo Tomasi style of metalcore in terms of, like, its rhythmic construction and even how the song is produced with a very similar kind of uh, guitar tone and the way, like, the very aggressive vocals are uh, incorporated into the mix. Just a lot of really satisfying, like, heavy chugging rhythms and melodies to all the heavy parts. And then, of course, you get, like, the uh, interludes where they trade on more uh, modern pop production with a lot of uh, very beautiful, clean backing vocals. And, of course, Vessel's really great vocals in the mix and those clean bridges and stuff. It's, uh, it's really building up the hype effectively. May 19th cannot get here soon enough. Yeah, and I think I've cracked the code on these guys. Not who they are, that's never going to be found out, but <laughs> what they do. They're a pop group who just still happen to write really good post-hardcore and post-metal. Just listen to the second half of the summoning for proof of that. And while this is on more on the heavier side of things with those screeching vocals and chunk- chunky guitar riffs that are still uh, very abrasive, almost, almost like a combination of the better part of Death Heaven and Astronoid, uh, there are still some pop structure elements to be found here. And this, this is the stuff that grabs my attention, going above and beyond the typical minutia and characteristics of one genre to craft something that is absolutely captivating on the ears. And if those soulful grooves on the summoning are any indication, this album is going to fuck. And so are a lot of people with this playing in the background, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, know what I mean? Who knows? Maybe with any luck, uh, they'll finally be able to summon whatever eldritch god they worship to, and Vessel will, I don't know, have sex with it or something? I mean, the fandom's growing, and I've already seen some things that I wasn't planning on looking up. Just, <laughs> I'm just trying to find stuff on the album, you damn fan art weirdos. <laughs> yeah, you gotta learn to be prepared for these things sometimes. Yeah, let us never forget the rule of the internet. Ah. Anyway, uh, that about does it for the new song discussion. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we have uh, some news to talk about here. So uh, stay tuned. We're back. So uh, we have two major things that we're discussing here in the news topics. Uh, both of them related to lists of different kinds. Uh, this first one's just kind of a curiosity piece that we thought, eh, it might be fun to see what's happening. Uh, <laughs> so the Rolling Stone magazine put out a list uh, February 15th. Uh, seems that it was posted by an Andy Green, and it is titled... 50 Genuinely Horrible Albums by Brilliant Artists. A whole 50. So, yeah, because, you know, no one stays on top forever. Everyone's, most people have, like, an L or two in their catalog. Or sometimes lots of L's, but, y- you know, details, details. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, 
we're going to uh, count down through this list. Hopefully, we'll try to make it as concise as we can, though I imagine based on the nature of this list, there might be the occasional <laughs> uh, block or opinion where we have to spit out some takes here, so... Yeah, uh, there's a, there are going to be some of these that we have no idea what they are because they're very, uh, I'll say, deep cuts. But also, it's like it's a fun game. How many of these albums has Todd in the Shadows talked about on Train Records? Yeah, because this might as well be like, you know, either Train Records the present or Train Records like a preview of what's to come. <laughs> oh boy. Wink, wink, that's a hint for later. Yeah, so let's uh, just uh, start right at the top here. So, uh, number 50, The Who with their 1982 album, It's Hard. <laughs> never, yeah. uh, never listen to that one. Uh, fueled by uh, stress and cocaine. So, you know, it was the 80s. All right. Uh, number 49. Billy Joel's 1986 album, The Bridge. Which, I gotta be honest, I call bullshit on this one. If we're gonna call any Billy Joel album horrible, why not the one that has We Didn't Start the Fire on it? <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not and wrong. And trust me, j just quick side tangent. Uh, I once promised to a friend of mine who really, really likes Billy Joel was also one of my housemates for the record, that I would uh, finally give the man's discography a chance, that I listen to every album, and of course that's the one that I kind of like the least, and I still hate that fucking song. Okay. Wait, did he make, wait, was he, did he, that, what's that other, or somebody else, um, something called Cyberpunk or some shit? That, that was Billy Idol, different guy. Oh. Different Billy. Oh. David. But, Billy uh, Joel is the piano man, Billy Idol is a white wedding man. Anyway, speaking of train records, we actually have our first train records entry on the list. Number 48, Van Halen with Van Halen 3. Oh, God, this album sucks. <laughs> we we don't speak of Gary Sharon. The, 1998 was a dark year. Ugh. Anyway, uh, number 47, we have The Grateful Dead with 1989's Built to Last. Ooh, ooh, God, they're setting themselves up for that one with that name. Yeah. Again, uh, drugs. Lots of drugs. At number 46, we have Outcast with the soundtrack to their movie Idlewild. Okay, um, maybe I didn't get this, but... Okay, I mean, okay, I know it's been a long since I've seen the movie and heard the soundtrack to it, but I mean, I don't know, maybe, 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 I mean, then again, I've heard in a while, so I don't know. I mean, uh, 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 apparently, I this was too much of a stylistic shift for uh, this guy from Rolling Stone here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, apparently, yeah, apparently from what I was like, oh, it was like, oh, like, like no matter know, like, their different styles, like, I get. I don't know Outcast different styles by now. I mean, have you heard the 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 album before before this one? I don't know. According, I mean, this was around the time Outcast broke up, and I mean, I never listened to this or saw the movie, but I'm guessing it's one of those things that like it sounds like they didn't want to make it. I guess supposedly. Well, I mean, apparently, who, 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 uh, this is like 
1920s, 1930s era style homage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that, yeah. That's what that was. Like that's what I remember from from the movie. And yeah, it's just, it's just it's just a little anachronistic when you got guys like Snoop Dogg and Lil Wayne showing up on here. I think I'll just stick with Class of Three Thousand. Anyway, uh, number forty-five, we have Willie Nelson's two thousand five album "Country Man," where he apparently did reggae. Okay. Okay um, then. What? I, I don't I'm know. too much of the weed, I think. Anyway, uh number 44, REM with Around the Sun from 2004. They were still recording at that time? Apparently so. And there was a single on here that featured Q-Tip? Apparently huh. so. Apparently so. Okay. All right, and at number 43, <laughs> we have uh, Train Records album number two with Metallica St. Anger, the first. Yeah, 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 we know, we know. <laughs> However, I would like to pull up something from Metal Injection. Uh, Greg Canelty, I think that's how he says it, uh, wrote a response to this for three entries, and he basically said... Yeah, St. Anger kind of stinks, we know. Where's Lulu? Hmm. Where is Lulu? I am the table! The spoiler, it's not on here. It is not. But what is on here at number 42, and here's Train Records album number 3, The Clash with Cut the Crap. Oh... Again, another instance where you were just setting yourself up with that album title. Fucking Bernie Rhodes. And that fucking garbage-ass drum machine. (laughs) You know what, I'll say it. Those are probably the worst drums I've ever heard on a record. Even worse than St. Anger. Uh. Uh. Anyway, number 41. We have Genesis with Calling All Stations. Apparently, this is, like, the, uh, only, like, Genesis album that didn't have Phil Collins on it. Yeah, this is when he left to do, uh, Disney shit, so let's just say that. And, uh, they they got someone else to sing, and it's mid at best. Oh, dear. That's why he didn't have to do fucking Tarzan. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, uh, at number 40... Oh, God, I hate that album art. Uh, the Kinks with The Kinks Present a Soap Opera. Uh, just, just from looking at that album art, I can tell this album's a mistake. This sounds like we have Tommy at home, and that doesn't sound like a good idea. Yeah. Anyway, uh, number 39... The Monkees with Changes. I, look, I'm vaguely aware of the narrative that surrounds the Monkees. Never heard any of their albums, so I don't know what to tell you. Number 38, uh, Prince with his 1996 album Chaos and Disorder. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, this is a contractual obligation album because uh for those who know the lore of prince roger nelson 
he was having a bit of a of a scuffle with Warner Brothers uh, by this time. So we just said, "Here, t- take this, take this, and release it. Get me out of my contract." Yeah, this is where I'm kind of conflicted because on the one hand, like, yeah, like that leads to a not great album, but on the other hand, I get the circumstances why. So I'm not really sure that counts per se if it was done on purpose just to be like fuck you warner brothers records yeah remember that whole war with the warner brothers trying to chain him down and control his fate was a whole bunch of bullshit hell why do you think giorno giovanna stand is named gold experience there's symbolism there but yeah not the greatest album anyway uh we have at number 37 Fleetwood Mac with Time, and yeah, this album ain't great. It's just No not... Stevie Nicks, no Lindsey Buckingham, no reason to exist. Anyway, uh, number 36, Kiss, Music from the Elder. I basically give zero fucks about Kiss's broader discography <laughs> outside of the big singles. Uh, honestly, you could have put any Kiss album from the 80s on here and it would have fit just fine. Oh damn! Like, like, makeup less kiss was bad on various levels. I'll just say that. Fuck. Apparently, man. they were going to do a, a movie f- with this music that just never <laughs> happened. So, um, oh, uh, yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Anyway, over at uh, number thirty-five. We have uh, Pete Townsend's solo album, Psycho Derelict, from 1993, the year I was born. <coughs> eh, probably a good thing I uh, wasn't alive to witness this. What a weird album. It's a concept record about a washed-up 60s rock star who teams up with a tabloid music reporter to revive his career. Oh, God. Oh, God. I, I can imagine it already. It totally eats. Yeah, anyway, number 34, Aerosmith with Nine Lives. Uh, yeah. 90s era Aerosmith. Need we say more? We should not. Anyway, uh, number 33, we have Devo with Smooth Noodle Maps. In 1990, the year I was born. Mm-hmm. It huh. was an attempt to try and get back in the good races of everybody since Whippet was, you know, big in 1980. But, um, uh, yeah, it really didn't uh, do much for them. Well, at least, well, at least all of them fast work like, one year later. Hmm. Remember Mark, remember Mark Mottisburg did the music of the Rugrats? Wait, he did the music for Rugrats? Yeah, the yeah the show. He, yeah, yeah, the show. He did the, like he, I know he, he had a composing career, but I didn't know it went back that yeah. fucking far. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Like I always see his like, like I always see his name in the in, in the, like like when I was like music by blah blah. Like yeah, like I mainly mm-hmm. know him for like Wes Anderson movies and regular show. But uh, anyway, yeah, he, moving. Yeah, he did. He, yeah, he he did a lot. Of, he, he did a lot of, like a Nickelodeon stuff. But yeah, that's that's. Yeah. Anyway, moving on, and this is one where I have to call bullshit. So, number thirty-two, Liz Fair's two thousand three self-titled. Now, okay, 
I'll admit my perspective is skewed, because I never actually listened to Liz Fair properly until the past few years or so. So I'm very, very distantly removed from all the, you know, tabloid press and controversies about her style, but I'll just say, listening to this album, it's fine. It's okay. It's, yeah, fine. It's not like any kind of, you know, great, you know, 90s indie alt shit, but, like, it's a perfectly serviceable 2000s pop rock album, and plus, Fun Style was right fucking there! (laughs) That album actually eats ass, and not in a fun way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, yeah, like, this album, it's not bad. It's just really, really generic. Like, this is a generic-ass template of a mid-2000s pop album. There's nothing terrible about it. It's just blasé. And again, how did they skip over giving us the fourth Train Records listing? What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry, there'll be more later. Anyway, uh, this one technically is not a Train Records listing, but we can hear Crash Thompson screaming in the distance. (sighs) Number 31, Weezer with Ratitude. Oh, it's Weezer and it's Wheezy. Ugh. Can I say I I feel bad for the dog on this on this cover. That dog deserved better. He does. He does. Don't worry, you're a good boy. I mean, you're part of a shitty album cover from what I heard, but I'm pretty sure you you've been a good boy in, in your life or girl. I don't know what. Yeah, let's let's not debate that. Let's just uh, realize yeah. that this album was crap and move on. Yeah. Anyway, at number 30, we have Paul McCartney with Give My Regards to Broad Street. I don't know. I never paid much attention to Paul McCartney's solo shit. So. It is a conceptual soundtrack album which features reworked Beatles songs in 1984. Ugh. One of those. It was the 80s. There were probably drugs involved. Probably. Anyway, uh, number 29, we have... Oh, hey, speaking of 80s, uh, Joni Mitchell with Dog Eat Dog. Okay, then. Good idea. Bad execution. Number... That's, all, that's all I'll say about that. Alright, uh, number 28, we have the Almond Brothers Band with Brothers of the Road. And yeah, reading the description, it sounds like there was a lot of, uh, a lot of shit going on in the camp that, uh, affected the writing of this album. By the way, uh, weird tangent, I found this out through Twitter, apparently, like, I think it's, like, either Dwayne or Greg Allman, like, his son was in a new metal band? I found that out through that, uh, what's that fucking Twitter account, uh, Crazy Moments in New Metal History. Oh, how about that? Anyway, uh, number 27, Run DMC with Crown Royal from 2001. I think I see the problem. Oh, okay. Yeah. It says 2001. What the fuck? Like, I'm sure Run, like, I've only ever heard a few of the classic songs, but I know Run DMC are, like, classics of hip-hop but like there's the the scene had changed so much at that point it's like what are you even doing there yeah 
Yeah, and this makes it more sad considering the the following year, J Master J was murdered. Yeah, yeah. Th- this was also their final album, and it was a feature fest with singles has- dating back all the way to 1998. And I, I had the whole track listing here. The features include Jermaine Dupree, Nas, okay. Prodigy, Fred Durst, Kid Rock, Ugh. Everlast, Ugh. Stephen Jenkins of Third Eye Blind, the fuck, huh? Sugar Ray, oh damn, Chris okay. Davis uh, from the shoegaze band Spotlight Kid. Jagged Edge, you know, the folks who sing Let's Get Married, Fat yeah. Joe, and Method yeah. Man. That's a, that's a weird, that's a weird, get, that's a weird feature list. It certainly is. I could do it without Kid Rock. We all could, but this was 2001, and everybody yeah. wanted to sit next to Garth Dealey and Fred Durst at the Grammys. You know, I feel like if you just threw out that feature list, at random and asked me to guess who the main central artist was, I would throw out like at least 10, 15 different guesses before I ever landed on Run DMC. Yeah, like... Anyway. Okay, yeah. Moving on uh, at number 26, (gasps) Train Records entry number four, Madonna with American Life. (sighs) Oh! (laughs) This album, oh my god. (laughs) <sighs> Don't think about the America rap. No, and, and let, let us be oh. thankful. Stuart Price saved this woman's career in 2005. Yeah, sure did. Ugh. Anyway, uh, number 25, we have Neil Young with Fork in the Road from 2009. Ugh. Uh, yeah, uh, there's, there's a fun anecdotal part in this piece. Uh, the, the, the piece says when he played, uh, what was the track? Cop up the bucks during a notoriously long Madison Square Garden concert in 2008, featuring eight songs from the album and one outtake, a handful of people literally fell asleep. Oh God, I'm reading those lyrics and I'd fall asleep too. Ugh. Anyway, number 24. Oh, oh, oh God, the memories. Lil Wayne's <laughs> weird-ass rock album, Rebirth. Okay, I, f- okay, I figured a comment of rappers trying to do rock. Um, well, he, let me say that. No, he no, he, he did not pave the way. And no, I, and even though I... Okay, so I, I heard his album from what I heard about it. I heard it, so I'm... Kind of, kind of, well, shit. Yeah, I, look, I I already don't like Lil Wayne's rap. I don't want to know what it sounds like when he does rock. I've already heard, like, 30 seconds. I, I've seen that live performance. I forget what the song was, where he was trying to play guitar over one of his rap songs with very horrible posturing and form. Uh... He makes Jared Threaten look like an orchestral prodigy. <laughs> Some jokes never get old, but uh, anyway, moving on, at number 23, we have Cheap Trick with The Doctor. Never heard it. Uh, 80s synth 
Don Henley, possibly drugs. It all blends together. At uh, number 22 from 1972, we have The Doors with Full Circle. An album without Jim Morrison. What did you think was going to happen? Oh, God, that uh, that album art looks like shit. It looks like a collection of rejected assets for a Monty Python sketch. <laughs> anyway, uh, number 21, we have Carol King with Speeding Time. I got nothing. Chasing Trends, this time New Wave. You can probably figure all that out. At uh, number 20, we have Queen and Paul Rogers with The Cosmos Rocks. Oh, this album was a big, bloated ball of nothing! Oh, so just like the Bohemian Rhapsody biopic? Exactly. Yeah, that sounds like a post-2000s Queen, alright. Anyway, at number 19, oh hey, another Beatles member over here. We have uh, George Harrison with Gone Tropo? Contractual obligation. That, that's shorthand for, here's a bunch of songs I didn't really think for more than five minutes about. It, it's crap, whatever. Just, here you go. I'm going to go uh, make movies and race cars now. Bye. Yeah. Anyway, at uh, number 18, we have Lou Reed. Surprisingly, not with Lulu, not with Metal Machine Music, but with his 1986 album, Mistrial. I I don't know much about Lou Reed, so... Apparently, he he tries to rap, which... This is like... If this were done today, it would be uh, primo boomer, uh, quote-unquote, music. Yeah. I I mean, mean, somehow I miss I'm the table. Uh, Yo soy la tabla, yes. Anyway... Uh, let's move on to number 17, 1987, we have David Bowie with Never Let Me Down. Eh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, late 80s Bowie, kind of a, kind of a low point. Late 90s Bowie, however, is fucking awesome. I'll, uh, have to keep that in mind when I uh, eventually get around to Bowie's, uh, yeah. deeper cuts I- and all. Industrial edgy David Bowie is the best, and I wish we had more of it. Fair enough. Anyway, at uh, number 16, we have John Mellencamp with Chestnut Street Incident. Ugh. An album in which he apparently tries to, uh... He's given a pseudonym Johnny Cougar. Oh my god. And that's where John Cougar Mellencamp came from. I care not for this man, nor do I care for... His 50s cover songs on here. Ugh. God, it's that fucking... Those fucking fonts. Get better typography. Ugh. Anyway, at number 15, we have The Jacksons with 2300 Jackson Street. In 1989, Sans Michael, who was off doing his own thing. Ooh. Naturally, yeah. because um, uh, who was asking for Jermaine Jackson in 1989? Let's be real. Who was asking for Jermaine? Or Tito? Yeah. Or Reby. 
Yeah, uh, no, nobody was really asking for this. Let's, let's be real, nobody was asking for this. Uh, uh, good effort from, you know, Diane Bourne and Babyface for trying to make something out of this, but you can only do so much for an audience that is just tuned out. Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on to number 14, we have uh, Steven Stills with Right By You. Solo project didn't work. That's all I'm going to say. You're not Neil Young. No, no, he's not. Or David Crosby. Rest in peace. Anyway, at uh, number 13, we have Elton John with Leather Jackets. Say it with me. The 80s and drugs. Yeah. That's, that's no. Nothing like fresh powder. Yeah. Why is there a bear behind you? Oh, God. Oh, yeah, the movie comes out this week. I gotta go see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, number 12, we have, ooh, this is probably the most recent one on the list, uh, Van Morrison with Latest Record Project Volume 1, where uh, he descends into Facebook right-wing boomer territory. Yep. Oh, fuck. This is what I meant when I said uh, modern-day boomer music. And this was absolutely terrible. Like I, I remember, I think it was like the Guardian who just completely tore this to shreds. Nobody was asking for this. <laughs> Nobody. Anyway, I think it's uh, been a bit. Uh, we haven't had any train records in a while. Oh, oh, what's this? We got three in a row. <laughs> so <laughs> number eleven. The Beach Boys was Summer in Paradise. Fuck you, John Stamos. <laughs> oh, yes, I yep. know that. Let me know that. Yeah, Mike Love is not a good person. No, he is a terrible person. And uh, cl- clearly, uh, someone at Rolling Stone didn't bother uh, trying to find the album art for this particular entry. They just found some random festival poster and just used that instead, which somehow feels more appropriate for this album. And also, we figured that episode where they played John Stamos' song of, on Full House and the way they did it, that was kind of low-key racist, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, at number 10, Train Records number 6, Creighton's Clearwater Revival with Mardi Gras. Keep on shoogling, they did not. Why did you write the fucking songs then? Hey, wait, I want to write the songs. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. Fucking Fogarty. And uh, at number nine, we have Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young with American Dream. Oof. Yeah, this one too, yeah. Wasn't this one now, considering what happened to David Crosby recently, now it's kind of depressing. Wait, what happened I mean, to David I mean, Crosby? He died. Oh. Oh. Also, um, in the 80s, yeah, he was hopelessly addicted to drugs and um, spent some time in prison during all that. Anyway, at uh, number eight, we have Elvis Presley with the soundtrack to Fun in Acapulco. Yeah. Movie. Total nothing. Yeah, you know, Elvis had to make money somehow, I guess. All right, uh, number seven, John Lennon and Yoko Ono with unfinished music number one, Two Virgins. 
I don't really have opinions on John, Yoko, and their relationship to the Beatles as a whole, to be honest. Yeah, and considering all the shit I hear about John Legend... Damn it! John Lennon. Wow, fuck, I said John Legend. (laughs) (laughs) All the shit I hear about John Lennon and how he was kind of... Yeah, kind of problematic. It's like, oh boy. Yeah, I mean... I'm not going to say it was the 80s and drugs... But I will say it was the 60s in drugs. Yes, yes, it was. You had to have been on something to think that uh, the sound of abstract screeching is fine art. I know art is subjective, but let's be real here. Yes, let's. Now, uh, at number six, we have the second of three albums that was responded to in that uh, Metal Injection piece. Black Sabbath's 1995 album Forbidden. Now, I don't understand why they would object to uh, putting this album on the list, because it is crap. It sucks. (laughs) It's such a pointless nothing of a record. There's no reason for it to exist. This this is as phoned in of a Black Sabbath record as I think I've ever heard. I've heard all of Black Sabbath's albums. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Tony Martin. uh, It it was a dark time for Black Sabbath. Uh, Greg from Metal Injection... Counters, Seventh Star should have been considered instead, as that was basically a Tony Iommi solo album just called Black Sabbath in name only. But um, uh, take your pick, I guess. Let let me me put it like... Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Look, 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 let me put it like this. The Ozzy albums, classic. The Ronnie James Dio albums... Yes, including the one where he came back to Black Sabbath after leaving the first time. Really great. Everything else is a fucking wash. It was 1995. The genre had completely shifted by then. They had to do something to keep up with the likes of Pantera and uh, Machine Head and Fear Factory and soon-to-be Strapping Young Lad and so on and so on and so on. (sighs) Dark times. But anyway, number five, we have... Bob Dylan with Down in the Groove from 1988. I don't really have any opinions on Bob Dylan. Uh, Basically a pointless collection of songs with his friends like uh, Jerry Garcia, Mark Knopfler, Paul Simonon from The Clash, and others, I guess. I guess. Anyway, at number four, the third of three albums responded to by that Metal Ejection piece Pantera's debut album, Metal Magic. I believe the argument here being that it seemed kind of uh, in poor taste to pick on the debut album from a band that was made up of mainly teenagers at the time. Yeah, kind of low-hanging fruits. Again, like pre-Cowboys from Hell, Pantera has been basically decanonized. Yeah, we know this is pure, you know, glam shred wankery. It was 1983. These guys were teenagers. They were just starting out. This is low-hanging fruits. Yeah, I feel like if you're going to pick, like, a bad album by a great band, then it has to be something from within their discography after they've established greatness. That's just my opinion, though. Uh, At number three, interesting choice for a band I didn't expect to see on this list. Uh, Yes, with their 1991 album, Union. Uh, Coming off the heels of a whole lot of... uh, inter-band drama shit that basically led to there being, like, 
two different versions of Yes, essentially, and one of them made this album. Well, uh, apparently, as the story goes, there was 80s synth Yes, and then there was 70s prog rock Yes, and then they basically combined like Voltron and became, as it says here, Super Yes, did a tour and did an album and... Uh, the album just sort of went unfinished and then it just released. Yeah. Apparently there was a whole lot of uh, anonymous studio musicians trying to finish the whole thing. And at least according to Rick Wakeman, the album was given to a guy who shouldn't be allowed a food mixer, let alone an album. Ew. Now there's a pull quote for you. Uh, number two, we have... The Velvet Underground with their 1973 album Squeeze and oh god that album art. Yeah. That, if you're not looking at this list, it's a it's a fist gripping a skyscraper. The innuendo should be very obvious. Ew. Not even really a funny joke either. Yeah, it's um yeah, it it's very it's very um well, to, well, to quote Mystery Science Theater 3000, sure, it's phallic. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah, and apparently this was the Velvet Underground's, like, uh... Well, basically, they... So many of the members had left at this point. So, yeah, they were just the door... They were the Velvet Underground in name only. Yeah. Anyway, and, uh... Right at number one... All the way right uh, at the top. Um, yep. Kanye West with Yay. Yeah, this was definitely the start. The, well, I won't say the, I won't say the start, but it's like the start of his well, well, eventual downfall really from that year, really from from twenty eighteen to this year. Yeah, remember in twenty eighteen when he was doing the whole um, good music summer rollout? He he released the uh, seven seven. I mean, I mean, seven, I mean, seven track album projects. We got the week. This was one of them. Yeah, uh, I, it, it, I, was, I, it was. It was one that we liked. Here's the answer. Not this one. No, we, we liked pretty much everything else. I was really good. I was really uh, digging the push T one myself. Yeah. 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 yeah that's what's <sighs> Yeah. This one is. Yeah. If. Yeah. Like. Speaking of somebody who has listened to all of those, all those records. Yeah. This is definitely the worst one. And you see why. Yeah. Considering after. Considering after that. Considering after that. Yeah. I just said. Yeah. I ain't covering Kanye's uh, solo records anymore. No. I. I... And, and consider. <clears throat> yeah. And considering. His in considering what happened since then, out at least from this these come to the album, well, these I'm gonna say, these I'm gonna say, well, well, Kanye West, yeah, whatever, no, he's he's, he's out of there. Yeah, uh, Mark from Spectrum Pulse pointed out that uh, this album was kind of aged like shits in a lot of ways, and it wouldn't surprise any of us if. This became a uh, future Train Records video. Yeah, because, look, you could... Look, I'm willing to say that, like, pretty much Kanye's entire 2010s output, like, even starting with my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was, like, not great. Like, you could feel, like, just... 
internal chaos tearing apart his ability to output like you know consistently solid music but this in particular yay like life of pablo was the last kanye album that mattered this was the beginning of the end yeah you know, you can say what you want about, you can say what about, you know, or Yeezus or even Ivan Pablo. Well, at least, well, at least it wasn't this following Yeezus King, following Donda, following Donda 2. And, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, and that's Def Jam said, yeah, bye, yeah, bye. So, yeah, there you go. Rolling Stones top 50 horrible albums by genuinely great artists. With at least seven train records episodes listed among there, and who knows how many more coming in the future. Yeah, and surprisingly, there's like there's, there's like at least five that are hip hop related, at least three, four, three to four. After. Yeah, yeah, four. Like, okay, I'm surprised. Not that there'd be more, but okay. I guess it depends. I mean, it's Stone. I mean, it's Rolling Stone. I mean, <laughs> maybe they'll put out a part two. But anyway, now time for the other bit of a news topic discussion. The other list on hand, a.k.a. THE list. What is THE list, you may be wondering? Well, it's the list of uh, releases for Record Store Day 2023, which uh, I completely forgot to mark in my notes when that day is actually happening. April 22nd. April 22nd. All right, all right. So, yeah, as always, this is uh, where we run through you know, the list and see what sort of things catch our attention. And, uh, I'm going to be completely honest here. Uh, I think of all the years that I've, that we have been, uh, covering the record store day list on this podcast, this is the year where I have the least to say about the releases. Like, not only is it kind of a smaller batch compared to previous years, like usually other years can be like at least like 400 or so. And this is just kind of like 300, but, like, I don't know. There just wasn't a lot that I thought was, like, worth noting in my notes here. Yeah. Um, might be a lot of diminishing returns, but they have been doing this for... How long has it been? 13, 14 years? There's only so much you can do with albums that haven't been, you know, released on vinyl by now. Ah, Jesus Christ. But But I will say... I am here to pick up the slack because I have uh, quite a few on here that were of note. All right. Fair enough. And just as always, I'm going to have things. I have things in a specific order here. So the order I have it in is the RSD limited run regional focus stuff, followed by the record store day exclusive and then RSD first. So, uh, just to tell you how little I'm working with here, uh, for Record Store Day Limited Run and Regional Focus, I only found two of note here that I thought were worth touching on. And the first of these, I assume, is uh, definitely probably marked as a priority in Alex's uh, shopping list, and that is the uh, Porcupine Tree release that is coming out. Uh, it's listed as IA slash DW slash XT limited to 800 copies, and it's basically a 12-inch vinyl that has four tracks that are taken from the deluxe editions of their albums In Absentia and Deadwing, hence the uh, abbreviations. I assume the XT stands for Extra? 
Yeah, and that's the uh, Dead Wink Extra Tracks, I think. And yeah, it's uh, Drown With Me in Chloroform and Revenant and Mother and Child Divided. Why was there no room for Futile? That song always gets to shaft with these releases. It's such a good song. It's a banger. It's a heavy banger. Come on, guys. Uh, someone's got to convince Steven Wilson. Yeah. And then the other uh, limited run thing that I thought was noteworthy, but this is more for just hilarious, lulls-worthy reasons. <laughs> this one is called Be a Man. It is a 2003 hip-hop album released by Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> do, do I want to know... It was 2003, hip-hop was all the rage, Randy Savage was doing weird things at this point, he was divorced, he wasn't wrestling full-time anymore, and so he just made a rap album just for the heck of it, with the title track being a diss track to to his uh, very good one-time friend, Hulk Hogan, it's a, yeah, be a man, as in, be a man, Hulk! (laughs) <laughs> so uh this one is uh limited to a thousand copies it's coming out on purple vinyl has a two-sided full-color printed insert with photos and album history <laughs> this is prime cringe and i kind of want it like we're cringe connoisseurs here this is at the very top only the finest <laughs> Yes, we like to um, really hone in on the on the excellent cringe. <laughs> and yeah, that's basically all I have for the limited run section. Any other uh, gaps you want to fill in? Uh, sure. Um, there's a live cassette from 1975 that some Zoomers are going to want to get. Eric Carr's Rockology, his solo album that that's getting a cd release um the happy dragon band uh it's a one-man band project from the 1970s some guy in, in detroit just made weird synth music that might be fun and then there is a picture disc release of brain salad surgery by emerson lake and palmer it's the album with toccata benny the bouncer and all of carnival nine on it it is a 1000 quantity picture disc release i kind of want that too one of these days i'll get to emerson lake and palmer or maybe i'll just watch uh that genma wars movie uh is that all for a limited run yeah, there's not much else here except a lot of uh, soul jazz albums. But uh, really, the main event is that Randy Savage album. But God damn it, I want that one so bad. You better not sell out store here. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I'm sure there's probably not that big of a Macho Man Randy Savage fandom in North Carolina. You'd be surprised. I should never tempt fate. But anyway, now we move on to uh, the middle chunk here, which is, of course, Record Store Day exclusive. So starting right at the top here, uh, we have a release from Bjork uh, called The Fossora Remixes, which, uh, as the name implies, it is a 12-inch vinyl that features a pair of remix tracks 
uh, from her most recent album, Fasora. 2,300 copies. The album art looks pretty cool. <laughs> uh, we have a pair of releases uh, from the band Lacuna Coil. Uh, they are... Well, the releases are kind of... How do I put this? Both of them are aqua blue vinyl. Both are limited to 1,350 copies. Well, 1,350 copies. And what they are are, you know, vinyl releases of their 2009 album Shallow Life and their 2012 album Dark Adrenaline. Ugh. Shallow Life. Uh, Dark Adrenaline. Eh? I wouldn't really know. Don Gilmore should never have produced for these for, for this band just at all. Shell life fucking sucks. Dark Adrenaline, not as much, but it's still kind of meh. They've done so much better. Where's Karma Code, damn it? Ah, yes, the one album with the one Lacuna Coil song I've actually have heard before. You know, before uh, any other ones that came out. But anyway, uh, following that, there is a live album from Pearl Jam called Give Way. Uh, it was originally recorded uh, during a March 1998 show in Melbourne Park uh, during the tour for their fifth album, Yield. You recognize that as the one that has the single Do the Evolution, you know, the one with the honestly kind of still pretty cool Todd McFarlane directed music video. One of the few things of his that I actually like. Uh, it was originally scheduled to be released as a promo CD in 98, but never saw official release outside of a handful of bootlegs here and there until now. It's a double LP. 15,500 copies, so it's going to be plenty available. And it's on a black vinyl and housed in a gatefold sleeve. Uh, anyway, uh, next we have uh, 99 Luftballoons 40th Anniversary from Nena. It's a 5-track, 12-inch picture disc that celebrates 40 years of the classic hit single 99 Luftballoons, as well as 4 other tracks. Uh, 1,750 copies, so, you know, try your luck. Uh, then there is a release from the Mars Volta. It's a 12-inch vinyl, 6,750 copies. Uh, there's two tracks on this. One is a remaster of, uh, the title track from Francis the Mute, and a live acoustic recording of the song Black Widow. Me. <laughs> uh, to note, Francis the Mute never made it onto, uh, the, onto, uh, that album because well there just wasn't enough room for it so it was just relegated to being a standalone ep and uh it's back now so which is that's excellent nice uh we have a release from Sigaros. it is a uh release commemorating the 10th anniversary of their seventh studio album kvaker i'm pronouncing that horribly probably uh, it's coming out on sulfuric yellow vinyl with a limited edition silkscreen print. 1,350 copies. Double LP. Uh, from Old Dirty Bastard, we have Return to the 36 Chambers, the dirty version. It's a <laughs> uh, double LP picture disc of his 1995 debut, specifically built off of remasters from 2020. Ah. Okay, nice. Oh, and for those uh, and those who don't know, forgot. Uh, yeah, uh, Wu Tang and American Saga of uh, Third Seasons um uh, on, on on Hulu now. Yeah, I saw that on uh when I booted it up a while back. Uh, and uh, the last of these that I thought was interesting, and you know, this is just because it's me we're talking about here. This is actually a sequel to one of the releases from Record Store Day twenty twenty two. 
50 Years of TV's Greatest Hits, Volume 2. Uh, 2,500 copies, a double LP. And, yeah, it's a follow-up to the, you know, TV show theme song compilation from last year. Uh, each LP is going to have its own, you know, unique specialty colors. Again, because this is a double release. So, the first is a clear yellow, red, blue splatter. And the second is gray, red, and green splatter. Such television themes that you will hear on this include uh, the likes of The Addams Family, Dragnet, Lassie, Lost in Space, The Green Hornet, Scooby-Doo, Wild Wild West, Hill Street Blues, Better Call Saul, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Desperate Housewives, How I Met Your Mother, Game of Thrones, Looney Tunes, The Peanuts Theme, and much more. Uh, if only there were the actual... You know, recordings and not re-recordings. Ew. Oh, dear. Yeah, these are not uh, the actual, as you'd hear on TV, these are uh, glorified covers, which kind of stinks. What the fuck is the point? <laughs> There's a market for this kind of stuff. That's the point. Mm. But yeah, that's basically about all I noted down for RSD exclusive. Uh, any blanks that I missed? Uh, yeah, uh, there is a live album from Dio, live in Fresno, 1983, a double LP set, 8,000 copies. Uh, it was originally released in the four-CD Holy Diver box set, so you're going to get the full show on vinyl, which is you know, pretty cool. Pretty cool track list on here. Uh, what else is there? Uh, there are some... Three-inch vinyl singles from The Doors, uh, which are going with a little mini turntable that they're selling. Good luck getting it to all you aficionados out there. Uh, there's some stuff from A Flock of Seagulls and Brian Eno and Duran Duran. Who cares about that? Uh, there is a picture disc EP from Motley Crue, Helter Skelter, which has... Um, you know, just some tracks on there. It's uh, is there a number on there? Yeah, it's no number listed on there, but you know, I'm sure someone's gonna buy that. Uh, from Nas, we have "Made You Look," "God's Son," "Live 2002," recorded at Webster Hall in New York City. Six thousand copies, single LP. There you go. Our Lady Peace has collected 1994 to 2022. It's basically a greatest hits collection. Uh, double LP set, 2,500 copies. From Soul Asylum, we have MTV Unplugged, a double LP set, 3,050 copies from their 1993 performance. Okay, get ready for this. From Taylor Swift, Folklore, The Long Pond Studio Sessions. What I believe are the same studio sessions from the Disney Plus feature are getting released on here. And yes, it has Jack Aspenoff all over it. Of course it, of course it does. It is a double LP set. Quantity... I'm going to assume this is not a typo. 75,000. Well, uh, I'm sure it's going to be very difficult to find. Oh, oh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna fall immediately. Hate on the Swifties. Yeah, yeah, I'm only half joking because, uh, yeah, um, be careful out there, people. 
From Tom Tom Club, we have Tom Tom Club expanded their 1981 uh, debut album. I think that's what it was from. Yes, it does have Genius of Love, you know, the song that um, it was sampled by everyone and badly sampled by Lotto and Dr. Luke. Yeah. Ugh. But also expertly sampled by Mark Morrison. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you forget right. that's part of Return of the Mac. But yeah, uh, double LP, 5,000 units. Yeah, sounds like a good time. And we have from Van Halen, live, right here, right now, a four LP set Damn. from the uh, 1992 tour, I believe. It, yeah, it'll be limited to 7,500 copies. It's going to be a big boy release because it's going to be a lot of stuff on there. And, uh, yeah, that's about all I got. I mean, there's other stuff here from, you know, Scott Weiland. There's a Sun Records compilation. Uh, something called Behind the Dykes 3, even more beat, blues, and psychedelic nuggets from the lowlands, 1965-1972. I have no idea what any of those words mean. That was certainly words. Yeah. Some of the words, too. Yeah. And there's a live album from The Wonder Years coming out as well, so there you go. All right, noted. And now for uh, the last stretch of the list here, which is uh, RSD First. So presumably this is, you know, where they're getting their start before having prolonged releases elsewhere. So uh, starting right at the top, at least as far as my notes, we have a Fate, The Best of Death. Basically a greatest hits comp, you know, uh, 2,800 copies, has tracks like, you know, Pull the Plug, Spiritual Healing, Open Casket, Open Casket, you know, the the death essentials. Nothing and, the uh, latter half, though. That kind of bums me out. Yeah, yeah. But nothing from Symbolic or The Sound of Perseverance. Come on, those are good albums. Yeah, that was a really experimental death era. But uh, in terms of stuff that does get me very excited, if there's one that I would absolutely be gunning for, for out of all of these, uh, one of High School Rob's favorite albums of all time, Shadows Fall, The War Within, Hell Fucking Yes, Fantastic. that shit slapped. It slapped back then, slaps <laughs> now, shit is still top goddamn tier. If you missed out on that album in the 2000s, you need to get yourself some taste. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, 2,200 copies pressed on blue-gray swirl vinyl with additional pictures and liner notes. Uh, here's another interesting one from the hip-hop side of things. Uh, we have the RZA's 1998 debut album, Bobby Digital in Stereo. You know, under his old uh, Bobby Digital moniker. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But before, before we go over I want to... Uh... So you this like um since since I'm since I'm the guy that has watched that that miniseries um you know his old moniker before he came it was called um Prince Hakeem right I did not and know that there's some yeah, and there's something here and, and guess what is in here which he got something called a single which I know called Ooh I love you Hakeem basically slash Sescapades it was under Tommy it was under Tommy Boy Records. Is on vinyl, got 1,500 copies. I think that was the one. I mean, that was the one before he, you know, he became the Rizzo. And 
Yeah, around that period, it did not go that well for him, as you can see. Yeah. So, yeah, you're going to get that uh, on an exclusive colored vinyl. It didn't say what color the vinyl was. Double LP, 2,000 copies. Uh, For some reason, there's uh, another one from the uh, Rock by Baby music collection with lullaby (laughs) renditions of Queen. 2,000 copies, purple vinyl. I question the motives of the parents who buy this for their kids. Here's one that surprisingly did not have a listed count on it. Uh, It's called Senza Sapere. Uh, It's the score to a 1969 Italian giallo film uh, directed by Luigi Comencini. uh, And the score is by the late great Ennio Morricone. Uh, It's pressed on yellow vinyl. So for you guys who know yourselves, your uh, 60s or 70s Italian cinema, there you go. And uh, this one just feels like the troll pick here. Like, whoever's making this list is trying to mess with people. Uh, Peppa's Clubhouse by Peppa Pig. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because memes. Because why not? Uh, yeah. So... Th- that's all I got. <laughs> okay, I can fill in the gaps here. Uh, there's something from the Allman Brothers Band. It's an old recording. Uh, something from the Black Pearl Motorcycle Club. When the Carlisle has remixes. Cranberries has an album reissue. A man by the name of John Craigie performed all of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band at a concert in Portland, Oregon. And did some, as it says here, uh, wit, humor, history, and stories told between each beloved song. I have no idea what this is. It sounds weird. Uh, sure. Uh, there's something here called The Amazing World of Doctor Who, which is... I'm going to use this term very loosely, radio dramas, or just audio dramas from Doctor Who from the 1970s, getting on vinyl for the first time. It's whatever. Uh, if you like mid-ass new metal, here are two albums for you. Group Therapy from Dope, which is very meh. And also, Letting Go from Earshot, their debut album, which fills the gap of We Have Insert New Metal Band at Home. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, there is a 12-inch single from Fleetwood Mac, Albatross slash Jigsaw Puzzle Blues. It's Peter Green era Fleetwood Mac, so there you go. It's a nice red vinyl for you. For some reason, the game is releasing 1992 from 2016 on vinyl. Okay, you got one of those that people kind of forgot about. Oh, yeah, right. I have... Uh, no idea. It includes a distract of Meek Mills, which is probably aged terribly by now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, there is a live album from Husker Du. Uh, Tonight Longhorn from 1979 and 1980. So if you like more abstract alternative era early music, there you go. Uh, let's see what else we got here. There's something from Kenny Rogers. 
All In for the Gambler All-Star Concert Celebration. It was a concert in his honor and celebration. There you go. Uh, that Pearl Jam uh, giveaway album is getting released on CD as well, which is probably going to be you know where it goes you know later. Mr. Big has their debut album coming out. It's 2,500 copies. Uh, this is not the album with To Be With You. That will be the next oh. album. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're going to get a lot more of the uh, Paul Gilbert shred on that one. Okay, what else do we have here? Let me just look through. B.B. Uh, King has Blues is King. It's a long-awaited reissue from an album that dates back to the 80s, I think. Early 80s, late 70s. I'm not totally sure. Uh, I, I missed something here. From Elton John. Where'd it go? Oh, wait. Hold on. Goddamn website can't arrange anything right. From Elton John, Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player, his album from 1973. His first album from that year, I should mention. Uh, it's no good by Yellow Brick Road, but hey, if you like deep cuts, there you go. That'll be uh, plentifully available. There's an album from Paul McCartney, Red Rose Speedway, another album from 1973 for all you Wings fans out there which I'm sure there's, like, two of you out there. I don't know. And uh, apparently they're making 10,000 copies of a Post Malone 12-inch single, Winning for Never and Hateful. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. All right, from Queensryche, we have Operation Mind Crime 2. It's not as good as the first album, but if if you want if you want that album, if you want to hear Ryan James Dio on it, uh, there you go. Um, there's a couple other ones on here. Oh yeah, uh, going back to the era of uh, mid-ass new metal, Taproot, welcome. Yeah, yeah. I, I always get I always get them confused with Tantric, which is a much better band. Uh, but I'm sure there's some Taproot fans out there who really wants to hear a poem on vinyl, which, yeah, okay, whatever. Whatever, random person out there, you can buy that with your under oath voyeurist digital ghost concert thing. I don't make the rules. I'm just telling you what you all can buy, which, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's see. Anything else worth noting here? Uh, Wait, hold on. I think I found one that might interest me a bit. Um, might I say it? Go ahead. Okay, uh, for those who are fans of uh, 90s R&B and weird hip-hop back then, um, PM Dawn with their with their sophomore album, and I'm quoting this, The Bliss Album? Which which parentheses first of love and anger and the ponderance of life and existence. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. In case you got a PM on, yeah, that's how. Yeah, that's how they name their shit. Which 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 is which is what's the like 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 to me? I did like the first album, but I never did really listen, got into the second album because I didn't really know what it is. I mean, the only reason I noticed, I mean, I, mean, I noticed it because I got the one single in there on <clears throat> "I Die Without You." That was her the soundtrack of the movie Boomerang, the nineteen ninety two Eddie Murphy movie from way back in the from way back in you know, the nineties. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 that's, that's, 
Yeah, that's how I know that. So anyway, that's I mean, that's on the LP. Got two got two thousand copies. Yeah. It always comes back to boomerang, doesn't it? All right. Well, uh, I'll cap this off here with one more. A seven-inch vinyl release from Sonny Jim and the Purist, Bar Simpson, featuring MF Doom and J Electronica. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the pickings here are a bit more honed in and selective than past years, which... Again, we're starting to run out of stuff to release for the first time. Eventually, we're going to run out completely. Yeah. And this, and this, and this was a few times where I said something about this. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens when uh, April comes around. But uh, anyway. And, oh, yeah, this is a long episode, damn. Yeah. Yeah, this is... I, I guess this makes up for not doing a roundup this month. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah, that basically about does it for the list. So uh, now we're just going to talk about one last thing, the new album releases for February 24, 2023. Starting at the top, we have the supposed final album from Godsmack with Lighting Up the Sky. Fingers crossed. Uh, We have the newest one from Insomnium with Anno 1696. The much-anticipated new album from Algiers with Shook. Uh, We have Logic with a new project, College Park. Uh, from the God Fam, we have Iron Bull. From uh, Yeet, we have a new project, <laughs> Afterlife. Uh, from Don Tolliver, we have a new album, Lovesick. There's a new album from Adam Lambert with High Drama, and of course, last but certainly not least, the newest album from Gorillas with Cracker Island. Oh, is that stuff? I'm to this week. Yeah. More usual. So uh, now it's time to a clean house to get the hell out of here. So Alex, where can they find you on the internet? As always, or of Azure, where I just sort of dick around and talk about whatever I feel like, which usually involves sports of some kind, because that's the one true remaining final last valid unifier of all people, sports. Don't ask. it. It's just how it be. It do be. Anyway, uh, Mark, what about you? As always, Twitter, my time in media, where I, I don't know, I, I say shit. As, as I'm, I'm currently writing, I'm, I'm, I'm currently writing my story. My story, Diamondback, should be finished around March. Might have changed one title to one, considering one's already a movie, apparently. But yeah, that's not a different story. But yes, I might have one to get all the works. And uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, etc. at Rob Barracuda. You can email me, roberts at surrealresolution.com for uh, questions, comments, concerns, and inquiries. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Podcasts. New audio-only episodes go up every Wednesday. Video usually goes up on the official YouTube channel. So subscribe, hit the bell tab so you're notified whenever new things go up there. Be sure to uh, follow us on Twitter at SurrealRezzo. Like us on Facebook. Visit the website, SurrealResolution.com. Uh, for written articles, this podcast, podcast ONA, all of that good stuff. Be sure to uh, jump into our Discord chat as well, since that'll be the uh, most immediate place to get new updates on the uh, new posts and the podcast and stuff. So, yeah, that'll about to do it for this week. We'll, of course, be back next week with uh, probably a more balanced episode. Uh, this one's feature length at this point. So, uh, yeah, until next time. Jesus Christ, how the fuck is Twitter still limping around?
Kill me! It's the 2020s in drugs. Why not? 